This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined um, tonight by the wonderful former United goalkeeper, current Barnsley goalkeeping coach, Kevin Pilkington. Kevin, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Very well, thank you. Yeah, all good. Apart from hay fever is killing me. Oh, God. Well, we're coming out of the season for it, so... Yeah, this is the worst part for me, this end. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your questions in. Also, we are trying this out on Twitter as well at the same time. Um, so feel free to join in if you're watching on there as well. Um, I'm not sure if the questions are going to come up, but um, feel free to join in the discussion if they do. Um, recent videos, I did the podcast with Paul Parker this morning. We went over the, the game against Villa. Um, Paul, not very happy <laughs> with, with it and who is to be fair, um, a couple of things on the website as well. Um, I wrote something about Ron Atkinson's football to um, be part of the series that I've been writing on there. Um, also, Matt Gillia's column of uh, last week is on there as well. Um, Kevin, so before we get on to United, um, Barnsley's weekend, a little bit of a frustrating one up at Blackpool. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've gone there, we thought we'd have a, a really good chance of winning. Um They've got an early goal, and then it's been frustrating from there. We've we've not really created that much, to be honest. Um, so yeah, just frustrating. There was there was three thousand Barnsley fans up there as well. So for all them to travel up that that far and and support the boys like they did, it's just disappointing to come away uh, and and not come away with anything from the game. Yeah, and not great weather as well. Uh, well, it wasn't in Manchester. Did, the, weather, did it... the weather was great. Really? Oh, oh right. Good. Shorts, shorts and t-shirt. Yeah. So no. It's, <laughs> It was, the weather was all right, it's just the result. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's uh, the one thing. Like, so I have Blackpool at that time. Well, it's over now. It's over. Yeah, over. that's it. Out of the way. Out of the way. Um, but you had a win the week before, right? Or was it a nil-nil? No, a nil-nil. Nil-nil. Yeah. yeah. So we had a, had a clean sheet. Um, we were home to Blackburn. Blackburn, yeah. yeah. Home to Blackburn. So so clean sheet. Um, good for the goalkeepers. Yeah, and Forest is next up. Forest, a team who've had a, a bit of um, struggle lately. Yeah, um, a team I suppose as a boy and um, grew up watching Forest. Um, so yeah, new change of manager Steve Cooper's got in there. I'm sure he'll do a do a very very good job. Um, just hopefully after after Wednesday night. Yeah, um, glory on uh, Kevin Pilkinson there. <laughs> Brian Clough days. Um, 
All right, let's talk about United. Um, not a very good um, game, to be honest, but it's one that we've got to talk about. Aston Villa at the weekend, um, nil one. Um, one of them, I mean, United, we've talked before about United conjure up these kind of storylines. It's mental. One week they can win in the last minute and then concede a penalty and, and have it saved. And then the next week, the opposite happens. You know, like they, they concede a goal in the last minute and then get a penalty and miss it. Only at United. Um, but it's one of those things where if you look at the game as a whole, Villa deserved to win. They were they were the better team. They were more organised. Um, they dominated the midfield frustratingly at Old Trafford, to be fair, and then snatched it with that late goal. Um, before we get onto the game in, in general, um, the, there's a little bit of controversy over the goal because of the guy who was stood in front of De Gea. Um, and there was one, was it a Leicester last week that wasn't given? Yeah, so, last week, yeah. So how do you view that as a goalkeeper? Do you think he should have stood? Yeah, I, I was I was watching it on the um, on Sky Sports this morning where they had the the ref watching and all that. Um, and if I think if if the referee's in a different position, I think he he, he would give a um, a different decision. Um, but the angle is that uh, he's looking straight down at De Gea, um, and from that rightly from from his his view there, there's um, there's no one in his eye line from there, so. I think it's um, it's one of them. It, it could go your way. It could go against you. But um, ultimately, I don't think. I personally, I don't. I'm, I'm not one for saying that's offside. Um, I think he's not really impeding him. He stood there to start with, but then when the ball actually gets headed, he's um, he's got a full view of the of the ball. Um, so for me, I think it's uh, I think we're clutching it, clutching at straws there. Yeah, it's a difficult one to be honest. I mean, because the, the the rewriting of this offside rule all the time, not just in front of the goalkeepers, but the the actual interpretation of it is difficult. Obviously, they've changed a little bit this season. They seem to be a bit more liberal with it. Um, is that difficult for goalkeepers to sort of deal with the changes? Yeah, I think it's I think it's difficult for everyone to deal with the changes because, like I say, it just keeps getting getting changed uh, year in year out, um, and they just need to be consistent with it. And just go right. These are the rules. This is what. It, happening um, and they've got to draw a line somewhere you can't just keep going well we'll give you the forwards the advantage or the defenders their the advantage it's just they've just got to draw a line and say this is what it is and um, we'll, we'll crack on from there um, but like I say if it, if it keeps getting changed year in year out then it's just going to cause even more confusion all the time so mm-hmm. you just need like I say you just need to stick to what they want I can remember back in the the day the the big rule changes tended to come in after the World Cup, didn't they? They, they, they yeah. did something radical in the World Cup, and um, the one that really sticks out for me was '94. And obviously they they did the the back pass rule after '92, yeah. but the the '94 when they outlawed the tackle from behind, and then everyone was getting sent off for the first few weeks yeah. of the season. Yeah. Um, but again, again, that that's I mean that's all changed again now, where they're, they're letting a lot more tackles go. Yeah. Um, um, so it's uh, like I say, they just need to they need to s- stick to what this they say, and just just everyone get on with it, and then maybe in another ten years have a look look again, but not not every year. What what did you make of United then? Because I mean, it's the second game in a row they've had nearly thirty shots. Didn't always look like scoring, to be honest. The closest they came was through um, Greenwood having a few chances, but even then, um, the, you know, he was snatching at a couple of them. Um, I've, I've said it's a bad day at the office. It's obviously a little bit deeper than that. Um, but what did you make of yeah. how United played on Saturday? 
Again, I've, I've just seen the highlights. I've just seen seen the the game on match of the day, obviously, because we're we're playing at the same time. Yeah. So you just get the you get you get to hear people talk about it, which can can tint your view a little bit. Um, but it's a game that they should be winning. They should be they should be playing Villa at home and and dominating the game and and coming away with a win. Um, don't get it wrong, Villa are a very 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 good team, um, but the the equipment that Man United have got to go and beat that team, they've got plenty of it, and um, it's just just frustrating to for a team to come and dominate us at, at Old Trafford. It, it shouldn't happen. Yeah, where, where do you stand on this then? Because I mean, the the biggest frustration from fans has been the midfield, the fact that they've played this sort of conservative midfield in front of Ran and Maguire, and the uh, the argument is, and it's a fair point, is that you don't need both of them. You've signed uh, Varane to loosen, you know, to make it a bit easier in midfield. Um, and the flip point of that is the midfield aren't really doing the screening job that they're supposed to be doing anyway. So if you're not having them doing what they're supposed to be doing, I'm not criticising the players for that. Ask them to do something different. Ask them to press higher up the pitch instead of sitting in front of the defence. Um, do you think it's time for Oli to have looked at, I mean, specifically the Villa game, but um, in other games like that at home, do you think that Oli now needs to look at that and say it's not really necessary to play with those two people and it's going to hinder us further up the pitch if we do? Yeah, I I understand having one. I understand having yeah. one one holding midfielder. Uh, I think a lot of most teams do that. You look at look at Chelsea with Kante. I mean, yeah. he, he's he's a perfect example of it. Um, but you've got like I say you've got two world class centre-halves there now uh, in Maguire and, and Varane, and then. If you if you play someone in front of, of them as well, and then then you, your full backs are, are going on one one will go and one will stay. Well, that's that's the way it should be. Um, so just let your midfielders go and play from there, um, and go and go and join in, and and like I say, hopefully win the ball back up higher up the pitch, and then go and create something. You've got Pogba. You want you want Pogba to be creating um, higher up the pitch. You want him to be around the opposition's uh, penalty box. Uh, either scoring or creating and making assists. So, yeah, yeah. Um, goalkeeper corner. Let's get your thoughts on the the goalies. Um, this has been a little bit of activity for all of them. Not not Tom Heaton, but on the last show that you were on, Lee Lawrence, former United player, uh, was watching, and he put in a question about Tommy, and it came in like just after the final whistle of the show. So okay. I wanted to get your, your thoughts on that. Lee asked about uh, your thoughts on Tommy and returning to the club. Um, I, th- I think Tom Tom's been an excellent goalkeeper for the past few years. He's he's been unfortunate not to be not to be playing after he left uh, Burnley. Um, everyone saw how how good he was when he went to Burnley and, and he did a great job there. So I think it's uh, I think it's a good one for United. Um, but there's there's a lot of goalkeepers there, so you you're wondering if what what. What's his intentions of going there for? Is he just happy to be just sat there now, or does he still want to push? I'm sure he, which I'm sure he does. I'm sure he still think, believes that he can still play, play in the first team. But you've got you've got David de Gea who's playing really well at the moment, mm-hmm. and um, and Dean Henderson as well, um, another another very very good goalkeeper. So he's got a he's got a big big wall in front of him to get um, any 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 football at all. So. And with them getting out, getting knocked out of the the Carabao Cup you and I, um, even less of a chance of playing football. So it's you, 
it's not nice to say but you, you're, you're hoping for injuries really yeah so, as, a, as a goalkeeper so. yeah yeah so so it, it'd be it's a strange one um I, like i say i think he's an excellent goalkeeper um I've, I've always liked the way he plays the game um but it'd just be it'd be difficult for it for him to have any game time it seems to time with what the club are doing um, overall in different ways because they they brought Paul McShane back to play in this sort of player coach role in the the under twenty threes, and uh, by all accounts they're talking to former players to try and get them to do the coaching badges at the club as well. You know what I mean? They're trying to really emphasize, and we'll get onto sort of Ollie Ollie's role in that in a moment. But do you think that that's a good thing? Because it seems like for a little while there was a detachment of sort of the club's identity, but now they're bringing in players back. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's, like you say with <clears throat> bringing next players back, especially like Paul McShane to go into the into the twenty threes. Um, I think it's passing on his experiences, not 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 just of playing, but of, of being at the football club and what it means to be at the football club. Um, and like I say, bring a bit of the not old school, but previous generation back into of how it how it was um, when Sir Alex was there. I'm, I'm, I know Ollie's a big fan of Sir Alex, so yeah. um, I think that's what they're trying to do. Uh, from from my point of view, I think from the sounds of it. Um, but yeah, it's. I think in, in some ways it's a good thing if if he's uh, he's around there sharing his experiences. But then again, if you look at it on the flip side. He's technically on boys' position in the team. If, yeah. he's playing, if he's playing every week, yeah, that's the that is you know an argument, and I don't know enough about what this new. So it's not United who are the only club doing it. Apparently, no. there's two or three other clubs yeah. in the country, and I want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, I, yeah, I know, I know a lot of twenty uh, threes teams who are, who are getting ex pros who are coming to at the end of their careers, going in around it just to. Just to keep the standards up and drive drive the, the drive train a little bit more as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if it has. I mean, it's, it, it's at least an innovation, right? They're trying something different. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, it's an interesting one. At the end of my career. <laughs> but, you know, the, I was going to talk about this though, because it moves into this League Cup thing because obviously they changed all the players to play in the League Cup the other night, and they're, they're out of the League Cup, so now there's only going to be those handful of games and we'll talk about the Champions League in a moment and everything like that um, but because they're out of that competition the young lads were playing the night before in the, the supplementary competition where you know where they can sort of is it is it the Papa John's trophy or something where they yeah, were yeah, played yeah. at Bradford yeah. and um, they, they played well by all accounts but it's not first team experience it's a bit different I know that Bradford will probably treat it like that but um, yeah. it's, it's a difficult time for, for young players what with the um, abolition of the old school reserve football as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I say, there's obviously there's a 23 league, but it's not it's not the same as playing competitive football, um, like first team football. It's um, it's a little bit false in my opinion of, of how how they play the game. There's, there's yeah, there's 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 a result on it, but there's not that pressure of having to win three points, having to having to put in a performance and, and grind out performances as well and grind out a win. So it's just, um, yeah, that, I mean, the, the Papa John's is, is, is good in, in one respect that they, they're going to play like League Two and League One sides and, and they will be putting out uh, strong teams against them. Um, so hopefully they, they can go a bit further in that to get their, their experience that way. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, 
it's difficult for them not getting that many games, proper competitive games. Yeah, um, De Gea, um, just after we talked about him being number one and you've seen that it was his shirt, he goes and makes the save in the, the game against West Ham. He said he's been playing well. Henderson comes in for the League Cup game and probably the only player in, in that team not to let himself down. So it's good that United have two goalkeepers that are performing at the moment. Yeah, like I said, like last time I was on here, um, De Gea has been, been great so far this season. And again, it he, he was, he was good at the weekend. Um, so, uh, well, the um, the European game as well, I thought it was excellent in that. Made some very good saves in that as well. So, and then Dean comes in and does his job. So it's it's a great it's a great department at the moment. Uh, they're, they're doing they're doing their jobs really well. Um, and at the moment, um, De Gea's got the shirt. Yeah, talk to me about um, the the defence at United at the moment. They've obviously brought in a couple of well, they brought in Varane to play in defence, but um, that's sort of I mean, it look, Varane looks the part, don't get me wrong, but I think that as a four, they're trying to sort of get, as a five, really, they're trying to get used to playing with each other. Varane tends to stick to the right. He doesn't move very far away from it, whereas uh, Maguire will drift left. He, you know, he's quite happy to do that. A couple of times, teams have pulled Maguire out of position where he's always, he's played the ball back to the hair and he's had to sort of make a, um, a quick decision with that. Well, on the other side, um, something I've noticed with Varane and Wan-Bissaka is... Varane likes to, I mean, he'll hold his position on the right, but he'll sort of drift to the to the right if Wan-Bissaka moves. But when Wan-Bissaka um, is trotting back into position, Varane's holding his position. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Wan-Bissaka's not moving anywhere. Um, and they're basically creating this space. Is that hard for goalkeepers? Because, I mean, you've got on one hand, you've got um, players having this positional teething problem, basically. And on the other, you've got Maguire who have been... Don't get me wrong, I think Maguire's been played into some difficult situations and, you know, it's not helping him out. But then he's having to put the hair in um, a bit of a, a bind as well. Talk me through that. The, the experience, basically, of signing a new defender and getting used to that, even if it's a top-class defender. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's more a relationship of the, the two centre-halves. Well, the goalkeeper and the two centre-halves, really. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just getting to know each, how each other plays and and trying to gel that as quick as possible um, and understanding what they they expect from each other and what you expect from them as well. So and it's communication. You you've got to be talking to especially centre halves constantly and making sure that there isn't them gaps to to be um, to get punished in really. So yeah, it's um, it's a tough one, but. I'm sure they'll they'll work it out quickly because, like I say, they're they're, they're international quality players and they've got a lot of experience between them. And for me, it's just a, a bit more communication between between the, the well, the five of them, including the the back four and the, the goalkeeper. Yeah, I, for me, I, I think that at the moment we're watching it happen in real time with Brown and Wambasaka learning to play with each other. Wambasaka likes to go forward, but yeah. I think sometimes. You know his strength is just staying where he is. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I don't want that to sound yeah. cruel. Yeah, he's, uh, I think that's the. That, I think he, he realised that as well. That it's, it's the area of the game where he's got to get better at is going forward. Yeah. Uh, defensively, um, he's excellent. Um, he, his pace gets him out of trouble. And his his tackles get him out of trouble. Um, but yeah, going forward, he just needs to be a little bit better, a little little bit better. But um, yeah, they just need to. I think they'll work on it in training, and um, see, it's, it's probably 
eight, nine games into the season. So it's, it's still early days. So you just got to understand each other a little bit more. Yeah. So when you were coming through the club um, in, in the mid-90s, um, obviously with that great generation of players of which you were a part, um, there was a obviously there was a buzzword around the time which was patience for the players that were coming through. Um, and also the fact that you guys were there meant that you understood the club. I mean, not all of you did. I'm not, not going to say that, but, you know, by and large, the young players got the club, you got the culture of it. Um, and, and Fergie obviously did because he ran the club. We skipped forward a, a generation or two and we're in the current situation where we are, um, where we've had two or three managers who perhaps don't understand the real culture of the club, you know, what it takes to be United. You know, a lot of staff were let go. They brought in their own staff. They brought in their own players that perhaps didn't seem like United players. And I'm talking as, as good a player as Bastian Schweinsteiger was. Perhaps he wasn't ever really the right fit for United. Angel Di Maria, another example. And now Solskjaer was coming. He's had to sort of deal with three managers' worth of, of um, turbulence. And as we talked about earlier, he's bringing in this connection to the club. Um, you could, and I know a lot of his critics are arguing this, that's the only thing that he's done. You know, they're, they're saying that, they, and it doesn't count for anything. And I was just wondering, from your perspective, considering that it's not been there for five years after Sir Alex and, and Ollie's worked hard to build it, even if this is as far as he takes United, do you think that people aren't really appreciating how difficult it is to have done what he's done with that? Yeah, I, I think it's it's been a tough one for him because... He's trying to rebuild a football club that hasn't won anything for for eight, nine years. Well, apart from the UEFA Cup. Um, they've not really won anything for, for eight or nine years. So he's, he's got he's and he's trying to he's trying to build a winning football team, but also build a football club back up again. And so it is a difficult job for him. Um I mean, I've spoke to him since he's been in the job, and you can you can see the passion there that he's got for the football club. He, we all know what he, what he means to the football club and what the football club means to him as well. So, yeah, um, I, I think he's I think he's done a, a very very good job. But United need to win trophies, um, and that's that's the 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 be all and end all. Really, it's um, it's a it's a harsh business, but. Like it's Manchester United, and they need to be they need to be better. And you've seen it in the past where teams go through uh, a low a low spell, um, but it needs to. It's been nine, nine well eight or nine years since we're in the Premiership now, so just needs to kick on a little bit now. Yeah, do you think from um, all this perspective where he is in the job, um, and we talked earlier about the midfielders and everything like that, one of his great strengths has been the patience that he's shown with players. Do you think that from what you've seen of him and from what you know him uh, as of him as a player, do you think that he's got it within him to sort of be ruthless, knowing that the axe might fall on him to sort of say, no, do you know what? We need to make that change. I'm not going to go with Fred anymore. This is this is more serious than that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he has. Um, like I say he's, he's been around Sir Alex Ferguson and he's seen how ruthless Sir Alex was. Um, so I don't think that's an issue. Um, it's just that I'm sure... I'm sure he wants to bring other players in or move other players on. I'm not saying Fred's one of them. I'm just saying that I'm sure yeah. he wants to yeah. bring other people in. Um, but maybe his hands are tied a little bit with it in the transfer market as well. As we know, there's 
COVID's hit football clubs badly. Um, so there's not as much money around at the moment. Um, so maybe it's a bit more, bit more patience. But I, th- I think I'm hoping that. Well, I, I think it will click this season. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to win the Premiership, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll be up there around about it, challenging. But we like the, the football club needs to needs to win some trophies soon. Yeah, we talked last time about sort of playing the strongest team in the Champions League, and the the defeat at Young Boys has kind of re-emphasised that, yeah. and it brings on to the last point really I want to talk about, um, and it does knock on to that League Cup exit because of the fact we've got this swelled squad, and you know, eleven of those players were changed the other night, and none of them were really young players. Do you know? brings this different perspective for where those players are going to get their chances and where these squad players are going to get their chances. Do you still believe that, considering the fact that we lost the first game, that United have to be a little bit more, um, or Ollie has to be a little bit more selfish with that and just say, do you know what, we qualify first or we deal with these games first and then we experiment either if we qualify or if we're ahead in games and we can make the, the subs that we need to make? Yeah, definitely. I think I said on the last show that they need to win their first, get to nine points, yeah, or nine or ten points first, and then <clears throat> then you can start rotating if you need to. But it's like I say, it's all about qualifying first. So <clears throat> I'm sure he'll put this again. He'll put his strongest side out, especially after losing the first game in the group stages. So um, yeah, I think the, the aim is get get to nine, ten points first, and then and then have a look then after that. But it's it's all about qualifying. Yeah, Villarreal. We were speaking just before we came on air. Drew the first four games with them, no nil, uh, nil nil, and then um, obviously lost the one on penalties after drawing one one. Is um, Wednesday night going to be the time when it changes and United finally win? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, but like I say the Villarreal. They've been a very good team over the last few years. Been an excellent team. So I'm going for four nil. <laughs> to, to us, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, no, no, to us, to us. Nice one. Um, well, you never know. We, we, with your reaction for sure. Um, yeah. Let's hope we get it, um, and let's hope that um, Barnsley get one as well for the next couple of weeks. By the time that we talk again, um, right, guys, if you're um, watching, give us a nice rating and review on, um, well, on the Apple Podcast if you're listening to this. But please like and subscribe if you're watching as well. Uh, we'll be back soon with Kevin. I'll, I'll nudge him soon to bug him to get back on, hopefully recovered from his air fever. Yeah. And we'll be talking about plenty of those 4-0 wins for United and Barnsley. Um, we'll be back soon. Um, I will be back in about half an hour talking to Fabio De Silva. Um, until then, stay safe, stay well, and thanks for listening and watching. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.